This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. About this in very, like, kind of 30,000 foot terms today, Ari, and, and Chris, I'll put this to you. I mean, there is a way to see this as good news just because, like, Trump's not in Belarus. Like, Trump didn't turn up in Riyadh this yeah. morning. You know, when he got arraigned in federal court in Florida, they had the option to take away his passport, and they chose not to. Yeah. He has voluntarily submitted himself to these processes, and I don't think that was a given. With his first arraignment in March, you might remember Ron DeSantis came out and said, Florida will not assist yes, in this extradition. And he didn't get called on that. He didn't have to show that whether he was going to put his money where his mouth was on that because Trump voluntarily submitted himself. But that wasn't a given when this process started. No, it's a good, it's a good point. I mean, I think uh, the, <laughs> we, we have been through three of these now. So there is a kind of routinization that happens um, because <laughs> I mean, it's a bizarre thing to say that it's the like the third episode right. of the Trump gets arrested. Show. But I also think that it's yeah. it's he is to, to, to Ari's point. He is he is submitting himself to the custody of the government he tried to overthrow. He is doing it as Joy has has mentioned that, you know, physically in the location where the crime is committed, the Sixth Amendment, which affords, which which lays out the rights of criminal defendant, the Fifth and Sixth, the Sixth says that you have the right to a trial by jury of your peers in the district where the crime was committed as ascertained uh, by the government beforehand, right? So he's blocks away from where the crime was committed, where the, 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 the plot was, uh, was hatched, uh, where the plot took place, where the ultimate culmination of that failed plot happened on January 6th. So... As he whines about the, the, the venue, which has been a, a line of both mm -hmm. his defenders and his lawyers and himself, um, nothing is more sort of perfectly apposite than to have him in that courthouse in that terrain today where just moments ago a report we got from the courtroom is that the judge is the magistrate judge who's going to oversee this arraignment joy is not yet in the courtroom even though four o'clock is the scheduled start but that means that donald trump and jack smith are sitting in there less than 10 feet apart from each other yeah waiting for this thing to get going but to chris's point trump and his lawyer's argument that this shouldn't be the place where the case is heard mm -hmm. butts up very hard against the the very fundamental idea that you get put on trial in the place where the crime was yeah. allegedly committed and, and right Right. And just it is there's something eerie about the fact that he's so close to the place where his supporters tried to overthrow the government in order to keep him in power. But not only is Jack Smith in that room, three of the officers who were injured and victimized by him, including Officer Gonell, who's lost his career former officer Gonell at this point because of the injuries that he suffered at the hands of Trump's people. I have to say, I've been thinking about whether it's solemn for me. And I have to be honest, I, I, I'm the only one, maybe, I don't, maybe I'm alone on this. It isn't solemn for me. Because when I think about what Donald Trump did, I think about when he did it. It was two years ago. Yeah. And the idea... That and was the, solemn. That day was solemn. Exactly. <laughs> and the arrogance of the people who felt that they just didn't like the outcome. 
You know, I'm not sure I believe people when they say they think that he won. Yeah. And I don't believe him when he says that he thinks that, that he thought that he won. The only reason he said he won the election was as a pretext to steal the election. Yeah. Right. He said that over and over again because he was told you didn't win by Barr and all sorts of other bad. He said in people. advance of the election. That the election was going this. to be stolen. Correct. Tells you lose. Yeah. Which, Correct. Yes. So the arrogance of people who went to that capital, you know, that citadel of democracy, of American democracy, and said, not only can I take a number two all over the floor of this building. Literally. Literally. Not only can I beat the hell out of police officers, not only can I commit those crimes, I'm going to live stream it. Yep. I'm going to put it on my socials. Yep. I'm so arrogant that you can't choose who's the president. I choose who's the president. We choose who's the president. The Oath Keepers and Proud Boys who were sitting in prison were waiting for the Insurrection Act to be used because they had the arrogance to believe that they choose who's the president. They will commit violence and just wait for Donald Trump to call out the militia, them, in order to install himself in power. The arrogance of Donald Trump and his people mm. to say that we don't have even the right to vote and have our votes respected at all. They choose who's the president. It's their decision. And if we don't like it, too bad. We're going to just call the military on you. Right. So I think it's 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 really late and it isn't solemn for me. Hmm. This is finally the first time that I feel that Donald Trump is being treated like a normal American. Can I ask you what the not solemn feeling is? Does it have a name? <laughs> um, sh is schadenfreude appropriate? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a noun, but I got it. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I just want to say I agree with you completely, and I feel invigorated. I yes. do. I, I, not, I don't feel Let's like ecstatic, I yeah. but I do feel that, again, the, the water is wet. Gravity exists. Two plus two equals four. We saw him commit the crime. Yes. This is a man who should have to face a jury with all the due process afforded a trial by his peers. He should have to submit to the custody of the government he tried to overthrow. Right. He should have to be humbled as a citizen before the law with all the constitutional protections that affords that he tried to deny to us, to That's everyone right. else. Like this is the system working. And Rachel, you made this point before. And I've I've always I kept thinking about it. It stuck with me. It's true that we've never done this to a president, but it is also not true that we haven't done it to elected leaders. That's there's right. been governors and there's been lieutenant governors. That's and right. if you came up reporting in the city of Chicago as I did, every other week. So <laughs> I mean, it was you Hello, know, Florida. It was like a day ending in Y. There <laughs> was a politician. And who was, there were several reasons with whole wings just yes. for Illinois governors. Yes. Exactly. Yes. So it's like, yes, yes, the, 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 the gravity of this crime is, like I said, historic and, and I think unparalleled since the Civil War. But the system functioning in this way, mm -hmm. with this sort of routineness that is today, um, it is a sign of some kind of democratic resilience, some sort yeah. of resilience to liberal democracy that I find fortifying. Yes. I and, find and by the way, Chris, after those people attacked our capital, they went to their hotels, packed their bags in a leisurely fashion, got on planes and went the hell home. And it was, in some cases, a year yes. before even they, because they supported him, got to face justice, too. He also went home. They committed this crime on television and then went home like they didn't do anything wrong, posted it there on their socials as if they had a right to do it yeah. to us. Mm -hmm. These people don't respect our democracy. They don't respect us. Donald Trump has never respected this country. He said this country was trash and garbage, and now he wants to lead it again. And millions, tens of millions of people think he should. And, and there's a legal version of, of what each...
Okay, uh, Thursday, 3 August, Year of Alert 2023. They're invigorated, but they're not as invigorated as we are because uh, in the law of unintended consequences, Jack Smith has given us the uh, platform to show uh, not just the smug um, uh, crowd over at MSNBC uh, with the, was a Schnadenfreud, uh, but the entire world that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. In addition, as a bonus, because of what Jack Smith did and today, you know, roll, rolling out the crocodile tears, um, Capitol Hill police and Jack Smith saying yesterday, talking all about this insurrection of which he didn't charge Trump for, we get to also adjudicate the Fed's surrection with that explosive, part of that explosive uh, interview you saw from Tucker Carlson that Raheem Kassam put up. I want to go to Christina Bob. I'm one of the president's lawyers. Uh, give us your assessment of the day, Christina. Uh, well, overall, I mean, I would say it's it's a sad day, the fact that they're continuing to do this to Donald Trump. But, you know, it's fine. I have all the confidence in the world that Donald Trump is going to prevail out of this. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about venue and possibly changing the venue, and that's probably a good request to make. I don't know that it will happen. Um, but even if it doesn't happen, I'm perfectly fine going forward with this case in Washington, D.C., because it's so bad. It is so poorly pled. Um, quite honestly, I think the victory would be sweeter in D.C., so I'm fine with it where it is. Let, let's talk about the four charges. When you say it's so poorly pled, back that up with some 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 evidence. They get these four charges. Sure. They didn't charge him with insurrection. They charge him with sedition or seditious conspiracy. None of the ones that these guys have been running around. They look like they, and I'm not a lawyer, you are. Uh, they looks like they just kind of slapped together a precy of the J6 uh, committee, mm -hmm. which was an absolute disaster and didn't sway the public whatsoever. W w tell me about this indictment. Why do you say it was, uh, it's, it's very weak and, and he could win in D.C. Yeah. and you want to do it there? For a number of reasons. One, they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Donald Trump believes that this election was free and fair and that he lost the election, but that he created this whole pretext of this, this fake story of a rigged election for the purpose of overthrowing the United States government. Um, I think that's a tall order. I don't think they can do it. They will also have to prove, because part of the defense will be, no, the election was rigged and stolen. They now have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that it wasn't. And the way that they pled it is just completely insufficient. For example, they mention Georgia and the video of the ballots being wheeled out after they kicked all the Republican observers out of the room and they start counting these secret ballots. And they say in the indictment, oh, this video has been debunked. Brad Raffensperger said it's debunked. Secretary of State of Georgia. Well, that's insufficient. That Just Brad Raffensperger saying, you know, everything here is fine doesn't make it so. And quite frankly, we can see from the video it's not fine. Even if we assume that the ballots are legitimate ballots that should have been counted, they kicked all of the Republican observers out and did it in secret. And Georgia law requires both sides to have observers there. So even if the ballots were totally sufficient, the manner in which they counted them was not. And that for that reason, Donald Trump is perfectly fine uh, for believing that there was a problem with it because there was. And you can go through everything that they cite. You know, reporters can kind of get away with saying, oh, this has been debunked or, oh, this isn't true because they don't really have anybody going, you know, challenging their assertions. But when you're a federal prosecutor trying to prosecute a president of the United States and you say, you know, the State Farm Arena video has been debunked, well, no, 
No, it hasn't. Let's let's get into that. Let's subpoena Brad Raffensperger. Let's subpoena State Farm Arena. Let's subpoena everything that happened to Georgia because you want to say that it's debunked, but we've never seen the ballots. Let's see the ballots. You know, we're not just going to take your word for it. And uh, I, I think they will be surprised at the level of detail with which their indictment is just flat out wrong. Okay, why why did they not all the talk and all J six and the, you know I think J six tried to make a criminal referral maybe did about President Trump and they talked about insurrection and seditious conspiracy yeah. and all this stuff why did they the charges themselves seem kind of bizarre one is about civil rights uh, fraud the others yeah. about this whole thing they had to gin up about uh, what we know at the time when they first talked about it stopping a government uh, event yeah. a procedure. Why, yeah. why, if Jack Smith, these guys have got the receipts, why didn't they charge Trump with what they always wanted to charge him with? Uh, well, I think for a couple of reasons. One, because he's not actually guilty of it. And so they don't have the receipts. But two, what you alluded to earlier is I don't think they want us digging into what actually happened on January 6th. Because, of course, if they indict Donald Trump with inciting an insurrection and the capital violence, we're going to say, OK, well, how many federal officers did you have there? Show us all your emails. How many uh, intelligence agencies were working with non-government groups, non-government actors that were involved in inciting this insurrection? And why don't you why don't we air all of the footage for everybody? And why were the Capitol Police instructed to stand down? You know, I you and I both served. Uh, in the military, we know standard operating procedures for the escalation of force. I've trained troops in combat on the escalation of uh, force procedures, and they were not followed on January 6th. Why weren't they followed? Why did the Capitol Police stand down and not use the, you know, the proper protocol to control this crowd? Because they had plenty of resources to do it. Why didn't they? And they don't want us asking those really inconvenient questions. And so, uh, quite honestly, I think that's why they didn't charge it. Uh, talk about this, what they did charge him with, particularly the government procedure, the government proceedings. Isn't that didn't they have to kind of concoct that in the first place with the trial yeah. of some of the J6 defendants? Yeah, they did. That'll be an interesting, uh, you know, the the trial attorneys are going to have an interesting um, time with that. I'm sure there will be motions filed on that. That's a that's a statute that was designed for government proceedings, for destruction of documents, uh, for, I'm sorry, I say government, um, business, uh, when businesses are trying to, you know, prevent the government from detecting fraud. It was never intended for physical violence or for any type of, uh, you know, physical activity other than destroying records or preventing, uh, you know, tapes and, and records of business proceedings. This had nothing to do with violence. Um, so they really did try to shoehorn that statute into this January 6th scenario. The, the statute was never, ever even closely intended for that. Now, they've gotten away with prosecuting other January 6th defendants for that, uh, but the other defendants were not the president of the United States and the likely future president of the United States. So I think uh, the courts are going to have to look closer at that. And Quite honestly, Jack Smith is treading on thin ice with that, because if it's thrown out for Donald Trump, it's going to be thrown out for, I believe, some 300 other defendants who have already been convicted under it. So um, I, I really think that this is going to be really interesting. I know people have a lot of concerns about the, the venue and say, oh, no, are they going to you know, shove this down our throats? I don't know that they're going to be able to. It's so poorly pled and it's on such thin ice. And quite frankly, we're going to be going through a lot of discovery. I know Cash Patel has been talking with you about um, his excitement about the subpoena. Now, finally gaining subpoena power. And I'm excited about that, too. Let's look into it, because I've got a lot of questions about what happened in 2020 that we haven't been able to get access to because no federal court 
has been willing to give us the peanut power to actually look into the various procedures in these states in 2020. Let's do it. Let's look into it. Let's see what they've got. When in uh, we're going to double back on that in a, in a second, just given the scale of this and they've already kind of tried to rush it. You know, Jack Smith, you know, was yeah. chomping at the bit. I want to go to trial tomorrow. Uh, they yeah. set up the 28th, I think, for the next for the next uh, meeting. This is with the trial judge, uh, not right. the magistrate judge. The um, uh, do you, just given the defense and what Trump will want to look into about all the steel in Pennsylvania, Michigan, yeah. Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona. Let's throw in Nevada also. Uh, how long this trial could take? This trial could take a year. The trial itself could take a year. D- just yeah, getting ready for the trial. Could... I mean, is there any? There's, there's no chance this thing could go before the 2024 election, is there? Um, in a legitimate procedure, no, no, I don't think so. I mean, we would have a lot of discovery to do in the trial itself. You know, I've been talking with the trial team, and they estimate at least eight months for this trial, maybe as long as a year. And certainly you would need that much time to prepare for a trial of that length as well. So in in a normal setting, no, I would not anticipate that this would go to trial beforehand. However, if it does, I, you know, we'll be ready for it. I don't think, uh, you know, I'm not worried about it either way. I, I do think a normal trial schedule will push this past the election. But Jack Smith, I loved, as you mentioned, he was like, oh, we're going to push for a speedy trial. Well, you know, he's got the rights wrong. Uh, The right to speedy trial is a right of the defendant, not of the government to railroad somebody into, uh, you know, strong arming them into a trial that they don't have time to prepare for. Um, It's the defendant who asserts the right to a speedy trial. So he kind of got that backwards, but it's fine. (laughs) We'll fix it. Um. Walk me through. You said the trial team today told you you they thought the trial could the trial itself, when it ever goes to trial, yeah. if it goes to trial, could take eight months to a year. Yeah, it could. I mean, you and I we've we've been talking about all of the different fraud and irregularities that it took place in seven contested states, and we've got to look into all of that. Call the witnesses, you know, call the government officials, look into the emails that they've got. I mean, when you have the sheer number of witnesses that you would need for this, yeah, the trial itself could take eight months, you know, maybe even a year. A, a year is a really long time, but definitely eight months. Talk to me. I just want to go back before I, I lose you to, uh, to the, what they have to prove, that he, he knew he didn't win and also yeah. the fact that he didn't win. Is that the two things that, that yeah. Jack Smith has to prove? And, and, and Trump can take, you know, eight months to a year uh, to make his case and prove otherwise? That's the way it should go. You know, Jack Smith did say that he's going to try to push this. So that's, we'll have to see how it plays out. But yeah, the way that it's pled, they they say in the indictment that Donald Trump knew he lost the election and that his narrative that this is a rigged and stolen election is fake for the purpose of trying to overthrow the government and retain power. That's what they say in the indictment. So that's what they have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. I have no idea how on earth they're going to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Donald Trump actually believes he lost the election. That's, that's what they have to prove, that Donald Trump believes he lost the election and his narrative is fake. That I, I just, I don't know. Even in Washington, D.C., I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, talk to me. When I read the indictment, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like Judas Pence is uh, the star witness for the prosecution? But did you derive that same? Yeah. Or can you talk about yeah. that when you read the indictment? I think so. And we had we've talked about that before on your show as well. They're not going to. I don't think they're able to bring any of this without Mike Pence. So, 
Um, yes, I do think he's the star witness. I think uh, he's in a very precarious position because he also is running for president and his entire base hates this indictment. So as much as we thought he betrayed the president before, I think it's only going to get worse. Um, but no, remember, the, the Trump-Pence administration was the administration that took out Soleimani. They brought peace to the Middle East. Uh, they brought peace, you know, where we heard that there was going to be a war with North Korea. This is not a shy, you know, flaccid administration. There was a lot of tension. You had the border issue. You had the media all over these folks. So if they want us to believe that Mike Pence was somehow illegally pressured because Donald Trump said, hey, I think it's lawful for you to allow the states a second crack at this. Uh, I, I just don't buy that. This is a high pressure administration. And if Mike Pence is so weak that he actually felt pressure or was somehow concerned about, you know, what he was supposed to do. I just don't buy it. It's a really weak argument that the same administration that brought peace to the Middle East somehow, you know, couldn't survive a heated discussion. Well, not just that, didn't, isn't the core of this that President Trump as chief magistrate, because they want to have this discussion that the Justice Department is actually separate from the administration. The Justice Department and FBI run by itself, which is complete nonsense. Isn't right. Trump he's chief executive of the American government? He is commander in chief of the military and he's chief magistrate, which they used to call, you know, Washington and, and Jefferson. He's the chief magistrate. Didn't he have an obligation to the American people to get to the bottom of this? Yes, that's correct. He did. And this idea, they forget. And this is, I think, honestly, I think this is. Um, a tell on behalf of the administrative state that they say he was trying to overthrow the United States government because he was the United States government. And I think it just goes to how deeply rooted this belief is in this political class that, no, no, I am the United States government. We as the political class are the United States government. And the president of the United States was working against us. And so therefore, he's a traitor. Clearly, that's wrong. But that's actually the way that this is written. Uh, Christina, anything else for us? I know you're under a lot of time pressure with all, everything you're doing the legal team. Anything uh, you want to tell us in summary? I would just say, you know, buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride, but I think it's going to be just fine. I look forward to the conclusion of this, and I fully expect President Trump to come out of this looking pretty. Uh, Christina, how can people, you wrote a book about this, how can people get all the access to you, particularly on social media, because I know people want to stay up with every action of this that's going on. Yes, thank you. Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election and what it means for 2024. It's actually a very good counter to this indictment. Um, you can get that at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever books are sold. And I'm on all the social medias um, at Christina underscore Bob. Christina, thank you so much for coming on here. We're going to have you on a lot, I can tell. So thank you. Yes, thank you. It's the law of unintended consequences. Jack Smith, you know, the, the MSNBC saying we're invigorated, we're so invigorated. I got to tell you, not just the war room, but the war room posse and MAGA today, are really a show of strength by MAGA with these amazing flags and support. You heard uh, in the previous hour uh, what Natalie had to say was just absolutely incredible. Do we have Elizabeth? Can we get Elizabeth, Elizabeth Ravenette who runs our uh, the Telegram channel? Uh, Elizabeth, where are you, ma'am? Hi, Steve. Nice to be with you and the War Room Posse, of course. Um, I am currently at Beat Culture Brewery. We're here with Miami Young Republicans Next Generation GOP Reception. Um, it's a reception for Congressman Byron Donald. He'll be here shortly. 
people are trickling in at the moment. As you can see, um, it's Miami time, which is usually a half hour late. So um, that's where we are right now. But I'd like to tell you quickly about the Miami. <laughs> go ahead. Pretty much. You can't go wrong with that. It's always, it's always a, you know, on point. Um, Miami young Republicans, they're a powerhouse of young, new generation leaders here in Miami. And as you know, Miami is emerging the global capital for business and innovation. Um, and main, a lot of, well, they have many focuses, but the main focus is basically electing young Republicans to office early on to positions of commissioners and mayors, also representatives to the Florida State House and um, also the Senate. Um, so far, about 20 plus elected officials from the young Miami, uh, from the Miami Young Republicans have been elected. So um, another thing that they do is that they lead important um, policy initiatives, um, passing legislature in Tallahassee on China, dear to our heart, right? The CCP buying farmland in Florida, as well as closing in 2019 uh, Confucius Institute Center in Miami Dade College. Um, some of the other things that they're doing, and they, they forced the Miami Dade County to ban CCP affiliates from a $1 billion transit bid. So they're also very, very involved in wow. getting out the vote. Wow. So they're, they're pretty active. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, just hang on for a second. We're going to take a break. I want to come back because I want to say today, this is why we wanted to show the energy of the young MAGA movement, the young Republicans. We're going to get a, a take from Elizabeth on what they think about what happened with uh, today in Washington, D.C. Okay, Jimmy Reed is going to take Big Boss Man. That's our song today that we're profiling. Jimmy Reed's going to take us out. We're going to be back. We're going to go back to Florida uh, with Elizabeth and get an update on what's happening there, the energy there. Also, there's energy in Ohio. There's going to be a big rally uh, this weekend. Caviezel, Bishop Strickland, John Yep will be here to explain it all to us. We're going to take a short commercial break and go out with Jimmy Reed. We're going to be back in the warm in just a moment. Well, you ain't so big You just told us We are days away from the Durban Accords, the greatest threat to the United States dollar's global dominance in the past 80 years. On August 22nd, BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are expected to announce the launch of a new international super currency fully backed by gold or other commodities. This is part of their long-term plan to supplant the United States and the dollar as the cornerstones of the global financial system. How can you protect your IRA or 401k from the fallout from this landmark announcement? Diversify with gold from Birch Gold Group. Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of high uncertainty. 
which is right now. Get a free info kit on gold IRAs and decide for yourself if a tax-sheltered retirement account backed by physical precious metals is right for you. Text the word Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. This is a monumental shift happening among nations that control one-third of the world's GDP. And it kicks off on August 22nd. Arm yourself with information to protect your retirement savings. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-L-O-N, to the number 989898 and claim your free information kit from Birch Gold. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVID taxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee, and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVID Tax Relief. When's the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Why? Because most victims of home title theft don't know they're a victim until it's too late. Like this homeowner. Check this out. She was getting ready for a home remodel when everything got shut down. She discovered her property wasn't in her name anymore. She was a victim of a devastating crime called home title theft. A criminal had forged the deed to her home and took over as the new owner. Now she's fighting back to get her home back. This is why I say if you own a home or a property, get home title lock. Your home property inequity are the most valuable assets you have. By the way, there's reported 80 to 90% of your net worth of average Americans net worth is in their home and home title lock helps you protect them. Home title lock puts a 24 seven shield around your home's title. Let me repeat a 24 hour, seven day a week, 365 day shield around your home's title. The instant they detect activity or tampering, They help shut it down fast. First things first, you need to verify you aren't already a victim of home title theft. Find out for free with a sign-up when you use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at HomeTitleLock.com. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Bannon. And when you sign up, your first 30 days of protection are free. Do this today at HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code Bannon. Protect yourself. Do it today. Take action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Make a statement. Okay, let's listen. Let's listen in. 
Well, thank you very much. This is a very sad day for America. And it was also very sad driving through Washington, D.C., and seeing the filth and the decay and all of the broken buildings and walls and the graffiti. This is not the place that I left. It's a very sad thing to see it. Uh, when you look at what's happening, this is a persecution of a political opponent. This was never supposed to happen in America. This is the persecution of the person that's leading by very, very substantial numbers in the Republican primary and leading Biden by a lot. So if you can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen in America. Thank you very much. We cannot let this happen in America. I don't think it could be said better than by President Trump right there. Before he boarded his plane, that was on the tarmac at DCA at Reagan National. Let's go back. I want to go to Elizabeth Ravenette. They're down at a young Republicans gathering in Miami. And of course, uh, Byron Donald is going to speak in a moment. What What is the take on folks down there? Did they pay much attention to it today? Or what are the take? You know, President Trump saying Washington is filth. This is a persecution. I'm leading in the polls. This has never happened before in American history. What's the take down there, Elizabeth? Hi, Steve. Well, absolutely. As you can imagine, well, we're, we're around MAGA patriots here, America first and make America again, um, great again patriots. As you can see, there's a lot of people here waiting to hear from Byron Donald. But in the case of Trump, you know, we love our president. We want him back in office. The people are talking. The people are speaking. And yes, everyone's disappointed. This is this is a maniac situation that keeps happening over and over again. Um, first of all, I have here the president of the young Miami Young Republicans, and I'm sure he can give you a pretty good take of what he sees because he's speaking to a lot of people here on the floor. This is Armando J. Ibarra. Hey, Armando. You know, first I want to say our, our members supporters in South Florida, uh, we feel that the things that Diamond is uh, I think first and foremost, uh, we're seeing an effort by the FBI Department of Justice trying to manipulate the Secondly, and I think it's very transparent, they're trying to distract the latest revelations of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's corruption. They're selling out American interests to their foreign business partners. Uh, and we need to ensure that focus is on Joe Biden and his crimes to impeach President Biden. And uh, we need to make sure the Republicans, regardless of who they support in the primary, stand with President Trump in uh, fighting back against these frivolous charges. Uh, Armando, let me ask you, and thank you very much. I understand the connection is not great, but let me ask you, how important is it, do you think, uh, to the young Republicans down there that we stay on offense to prove the case that Trump won 2020, to prove the case in court that this was a Fed surrection, and to have the Republicans in the House commence a, a formal impeachment inquiry against the Biden crime family, sir? Well, I think it's really important to allow the Biden, uh, President Biden and his son to get away with this type of corruption. Let's get away with essentially treason. Uh, then there's nothing that they, they won't try to do. And so it's very important that we hold them accountable. It's very important that the Congress takes action in initiating impeachment for treason. And very importantly, we're excited to, to get to work next year. Let's rather hold the accountable. And to uh, ensure that we don't allow foreign interests to take control of our country. Perfect. 
Uh, I tell you what, let's get Elizabeth. We're going to reboot you so we can get a better a better picture and better audio. But Armando, thank you very much. Looks like a great event. Uh, we couldn't have finished the day with something that had more energy to it, more vitality. Really appreciate it. Elizabeth, we'll be right back to you after Memphis can do a reboot. Do we have John Yep up? Hey, John Yep. Uh, Brother Yep, the last time we left you, uh, you were in Chavez Ravine and you pulled off, I don't know, 5,000 people. You completely shut down the, the Dodger game. It was incredible. You had Bishop Strickland. What's go- you're going you're gonna to replicate this? Something's going on in Ohio this weekend? Same kind of deal, team effort here. Uh, Locals in Ohio who've been just fighting their hardest to to get issue one passed across the finish line on August 8th. You know, they saw what happened in L.A. with that just overpowering of 5,000 people showing up uh, of Catholics and Christians. And like, can we kind of do something similar in Ohio? We kind of transfer the momentum. So, of course, they left us two and a half weeks to do it. So, you know, uh, but no challenge is too small, right? It's the American way. So, you know, we decided two and a half weeks ago that we're going to do a massive prayer rally, which is going to be August 6th, this Sunday, um, two days before the election. You know, we lead with prayer, and it's, and it's to get everyone focused, to get issue one across the finish line. So, keynote speakers, we have Jim Caviezel, the warrior for kids, um, who's done so much for to, to bring awareness of what kids are going through, right? General Michael Flynn. We got Abby Johnson. We got Bishop Joseph Strickland. I mean, it, it just keeps coming on. People realize that it's, it's time to get out, get in public, and show that, you know, as Trump said, we can't let this happen in America, and we can't let this happen in Ohio, what they're trying to do. Walk us through issue one. For people throughout the rest of the country who may not know what it is, well, what is issue one? Why is this election so important on, uh, on Tuesday? Issue one on its face, it, it's, it's, the, it's the attempt at our side to basically change the threshold of the state constitution of Ohio from just a 51-49% if you want to make a big change to 60-40, which would reflect the U.S. Constitution, of course, to make major changes and a supermajority uh, and reflect also most of the other state constitutions across the country. See, Ohio is vulnerable. The left knows that. That's why they've been targeting this to try to do two horrible things. They want to enshrine abortion into the very state constitution without minors even having to tell their parents. And then the second thing is they will also want to give kids that right to have transgender surgery again without their parents knowing a thing. So that's that nasty little thing is waiting in November. So what our side did is we, we have a special election prior to November, which is based, it's our best chance to stop crazy changes like anyone could want to do if the threshold of the constitution is so uh, is so small to make a change which is currently as right now so august 8th issue one says yes let's get let's raise the threshold for any major changes to our constitution from 51 49 to 60 40 right so all sides know the significance of that day in fact Communist party usa said quote it's the most significant election in ohio history this is what I want to get to. This is tell me what they would do if they keep with the fifty-one forty-nine. Let, let's say we didn't have issue one. If you had the fifty-one forty-nine, what are the types of things that they're trying to push through right now that would be uh, not simply law, but I guess ingrained in uh, in in the Ohio Constitution? What do they want to do? There are a number of things. First of all, you don't even, you, we don't even have clear everything they have in their minds. I just spoke with the Secretary of State of Ohio, come out very strong in support of issue one, but. He was telling me about some of the things they have in the future. But for right now, 
What they have, it's Section 22 uh, that they want to insert into the Ohio Constitution. That's already up for vote in November, whether Issue 1 passes on August 8th or not. And the problem is, Steve, is if Section 22 gets in, it voted on with a, and it wins in November, it will, like we said, basically wipe out parental rights. It basically, the state is trying to take over our kids. We see that all across the board, right? In California and what they're doing. You know, one of our speakers is Chloe Klo. She is an 18-year-old uh, female who was lied to, went through the whole transgender treatment, um, surgery and everything. She just gave her testimony on the House floor about three weeks ago. And she's coming to speak to warn Ohio parents like, look, I had a double mastectomy. See, I look, she says, I look at myself in the mirror and I feel like a monster. That's what she said. And she said, look, what they did to me, they had to get power of my parents. And they, and they lied to my parents that bought the, uh, drank the Kool-Aid. If issue one does not pass on August 8th, they won't even need the parents. High school counselor can approach a vulnerable kid. Oh, you feel this way? Let's go. Let's, let's get, let's start the chemical treatments, hormones. I mean, that is all baked into section 22. It's a devious, um, it's like the, it's like the laptop from hell. It's a section of a constitution from hell they want to insert in. And issue one is exactly what the founding fathers had in mind for us to protect ourselves, our, our constitutions from crazy ideas like this. So millions of dollars have been spent into this. And, you know, Catholics for Catholics, what do we do? We try to just fill the voice, especially from an attitude of faith, like mobilizing. You got to take your faith. Yeah, you pray. Okay, let's put that into action. Okay, and even if we don't have all the church leaders supporting us or clear, clarity on that, that's okay. We're showing up. Bishop Strickland, he's coming to, from from Texas, and and we're going to make a statement. Talk to me a second because I spoke uh, at your group, I think earlier in the year in uh, in Arizona. Tell me about Catholics for Catholics because you guys are on a roll. This this event in Chavez Ravine, Dodger Stadium made global news and now you're up on the eve of this you know massively important special election with a, just an incredible array of of speakers what is catholics for catholic you guys have kind of come out of nowhere you're, you're kind of like we're the 10 months old these and, groups have been stood Steve, up ten, you, 10 months you old. were at our inaugural event and i'm so darn grateful that you showed up our inaugural event we'll, be, we'll always be able to say that, that you were there to kick us off maybe and that's why we're styled the way we are um you know and we're just rolling off the momentum of of la and onto ohio and look all we're trying to do is say the obvious we're catholics largest voter demographic in the nation and we want to get behind real catholics and and reaffirm our faith in the public square by the way half the time we get behind candidates the candidates aren't even catholic but, but the point is these guys represent better our faith our american values more than the joe biden's the Pelosi's, oh, I'm Catholic. Yeah, right. I'm just not judging your conscience between you and God, but just on an objective standard, which is what we have to vote on. God judges your interior. Okay, that's fine. But objective standards, this is not the Catholic way, the American way. So we're, we're just filling a void and we're having fun doing it, truly. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of work, but we're getting a lot. I mean, a lot of, um, it's the people's movement. I know it's cliche, but when you have LA happen, Steve, because some local people left the church service and they felt this is not right what the Dodgers are doing. They called up C4C. Said, can you guys help? Sure. Local people, volunteers, normal people with a little bit of structure, kaboom. Same thing with Ohio. Local people working. This is not right. We got to win. Call up C4C. Boom. That's how it's working. And that's, that's what we're just here to serve. By the way, this is a joint operation, this particular one, with the Catholic Speakers Organization. They helped us get Jim Caviezel. 
So myself and Joe Condit. But we've apart from that, we have 21 coalitions that have joined on. I mean, it's all on our website to make a statement. This is the people, right? Um, and, and strategically, Steve, you'd love this. We're having the event outside Cincy, uh, a piece of the transfiguration, but at, at the exact location where the left spent few hundred thousand dollars to bring John Legend in, drum up support. I think they got maybe 300 people. Well, now you're going to wow. see on Sunday what the American wow. people, what people of faith are going to do. And with God's help, we're going we're gonna to get three to 5,000 people there. Let me let me ask you in 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 um in L.A. I noticed that the uh, the Catholic hierarchy in the Archdiocese of L.A. is the most powerful and wealthiest archdiocese in the country. Uh, they went out of their way not to make you guys feel welcome. Welcome, forget any help. Is there any difference in Ohio? Has the has the hierarchy of the Catholic Church, um, the administrative Catholic Church, have they embraced this? Are they participating? Are they assisting you? Let me be very clear. From day one, before this was even announced, we reached out to them three times, twice by email, once by personal text message to say, hey, we want you part of this. We're, before we go public, you want this. No answer, nothing. They finally get back to us. This is their official statement regarding this prayer rally and the August 8th election from their communications director. While passage of issue one would definitely help defeat the truly evil abortion amendment in november the question of how the state constitution gets changes is not intrinsically a moral one therefore we the archdiocese <clears throat> cannot officially support the purposes of the rosary rally that was their statement let me steve got to wake up you cannot declare this neutral yes okay if it's just talking about the issue the the one the ballot that's neutral it's a 60 40 thing but hello ethics 101 you combine the circumstances with the issue, it's obvious. If this is our best, to quote the Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, who I just spoke with, this is our best chance to stop that. And that it doesn't take a rocket science to know this. That's why everybody on the ground, both sides, are spending millions of dollars, not on November, August 8th. And, and we would still love the archdiocese to come. I don't know the reason, but that's what they said. And we need you there. You have a, a, a pulpit. Come and support us. Pray with us. Sad. Uh, once again, John, just give me some of the lineup, and I want everybody in the Ohio area, even if you're, you know, Pennsylvania, uh, West Virginia, Kentucky, if you can make it, this is going to be amazing. Just give me that lineup again, because I got to tell you, it blows me away what you've been able to pull together. Two and a half weeks, actor Jim Caviezel, who's, who's running around the country, and he's going through so much. He's our keynote. Uh, he came. Uh, General Flynn, of course, he's like, okay, General Flynn has run a, a crazy schedule. But he's like, I'm going to come in, brief, I'm there. Abby Johnson, former director of Planned Parenthood, she's going to be there. You know, we didn't get any support, uh, unfortunately, any bishop support from the locals. So we just we asked Bishop Joseph Strickland to come and come in for Tyler, Texas. You know, we'll bring in the Patriots, right? Um, and then Chloe Clo, that beautiful young female has been through so much. She's been lied to. She's a victim of this, but she's turned warrior. And she's, we're on the offensive, and she's going to be there. So we got a great lineup, Steve. Where do people go, John? I want the social media. I want the website. I want everybody to know this. It's all free. Where do people go? All free. Ohio Issue 1. Like the number one dot life. Ohio Issue 1 dot life. Or just Google Jim Caviezel Rally, Prayer Rally. You'll pick it up there. 
It's all there. A lot of traction. Uh, we're on, obviously, Truth, Twitter, C, F-O-R-C, Catholics for Catholics. That's where you go. Latest updates, parking, all that information. We still got a couple more surprise speakers, so stay tuned. Uh, yep, we're going to push this out hard, and we're looking forward to having you back on the show. We're going to cover this on Saturday also. John, yep, thank you very much. Great job. Fight on. Thank you, Steve. I wanted to have Yep. I got Elizabeth Ravenette. Maybe the connection not great, but before I bring in Elizabeth, she's not. I wanted to show you the energy, the drive, the urgency of the grassroots movement in every different sector. Right? We've got we've got the uh, the Catholics. This big rally on Sunday, they pulled together with John Yep, the same crew that did it in Dodger Stadium, and Elizabeth Ravenette's down. Byron Donalds, this fire breathing MAGA. Republican congressman is going to speak down with the energy that you see in South Florida and in Miami. Is Elizabeth there? Can we take her for a second? Uh, Elizabeth, or is Byron Donald's already speaking? Elizabeth, there you are right there. Get, talk to us about the energy, Elizabeth, of this group. Hi, Steve. Yes, lots of energy. Everyone's excited. You know, even though obviously what's happening with our President Trump, our beloved President Trump is horrible, and uh, we don't want any of that. You know, we just want we want our president back in office, but here in Miami, you have the great patriots, and I have one here. Um, her name is Barbara Casanova. Um, she is in the Republican Executive Committee, that's where we know her from, but she's also um, a director of membership for the Republican National Assembly of Florida. And um, here she can speak a little bit about what it took to really turn Miami from blue to red in the last primary. So if you don't mind, here she is. <laughs> Um, hey, how you doing? Good. How'd you do it? Good. Well, you know, we have to really build a grassroots organization from the bottom up. You know, the, the Democrats want a lot of grassroots and have to build a volunteer structure. Let's try Elizabeth Elizabeth, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to reboot you. We're gonna to try to reboot you because it's going in. It's going so in and out. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and try to reboot. A little too noisy. We also got the Jimmy Reed song. If not, we'll get Elizabeth up until tomorrow morning. Elizabeth Ravenette runs our Telegram page. Just incredible. The energy in Florida. How they turned it from blue to red. Hey, what we'll do? We'll work it out with Elizabeth. Get those folks on tomorrow morning. That's going on right now. When Ohio's going on, action, 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 action. This was a providential day because we are going to shove it down their throats about the uh, the big steal of 2020 and the Fed's direction. And as a special bonus, the impeachment of Biden and the entire Biden crime family for high treason, selling out their country for cash money to the Chinese Communist Party. We're going to get in all of it tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Come back. We're going to be on fire. Big boss man's going to take you out of here. See you tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Well, you ain't so big. You just told us all.
gonna get me on Bowman. One wanna treat me right. Wake hard in the daytime. Rest easy at night, big boss man. Can't you hear me when I call? Well, you ain't so big. You just tall as all. Veterans, you know, we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in stream short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 